Okay. Got to get in the zone. Got to get zen. Got to get ready for the positive energy. Got to stay positive, guys. This is how we World 23. World Cup champs. 23. World Cup champs. 23. Reach Cooper level. Zen right now. Just get, get in that get in that Cooper zone. That's what we need. Cooper zone. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump let's into this. Talk us through those eighty minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. All week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Good evening, good morning, wherever you are, one and all. Welcome to the Dropped Kickoff for another week. And it is a very, very, very special podcast. I am joined, my name's Nick, of course, and I'm joined by the usual suspects. First, Natho, how are you doing, mate? Mate, I'm feeling pretty full after all the humble pie we ate after that last <laughs> podcast, but I'm loving it at the moment. Yeah, it's, it, this is, I am, I, I, we were saying it last week after, after we got the, uh, the earthquake warning that we were happy to be proven wrong, and proven wrong we were, and it is the best feeling ever to be proven wrong. We were not convinced at all, unless, we, unless of course, you're Jack. Jack, how you doing, mate? Good, yeah, never doubted him. What a legend. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's the best. And then uh, over with a brand, he's, he's, he's back, the veteran himself, but he's got a brand new fancy crisp mic. Nick Hartman, how are you, mate? Hello. Um... Oh! Hey. Hear that sound? Mm. The very best in from Dortmund. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, mate. Good, good. At peace with the world. Yeah, it's it is so nice to talk about. Uh, not just it, it, obviously, you know. I think. <laughs> It's kind of taken us all a little bit by surprise. I mean, it, it's no secret when we announced that when we were talking about the um this this game last week that you know the moment that the box announced that squad, we knew that we were in for a tough game. We knew we thought it was going to be a a tough uh, night for the Wallabies, and we were proven completely and utterly wrong. The Wallabies put in a fantastic performance, um, beating the world number ones. 26 to 28 um, off the back of the one and only Quade Cooper. So tonight we are going to talk about what the hell just happened. And here are our uh, hot topics, our five burning questions. Question one, just simply so, Quade Cooper. (laughs) Question two, what else excited us about that Wallabies performance? Question three, what will we need to improve on this weekend if we want to beat the box again? The uh, it's we, we were joking that, you know, we only thought that we were going to be in, in it to properly beat Argentina, but we're now potentially on the verge of, of winning back the Mandela Challenge plate. Touch wood, of course, uh, early days yet. Question four, and I feel like this is a very valid question to ask right now off the back of that. So who is the actual best team in the world now? And then question five, we're going to jump on and predict for the upcoming games this weekend it'll be another double header at suncorp once again um but first let's dive into this this match boys because my god uh there is a lot to 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 process and i'm going to throw to you first nathan for this one quade cooper who'd have thought i never doubted him man this was was always coming (laughs) absolute master stroke (laughs) no um look that was probably the closest thing you'll get to a hollywood script 
unfolding right in front of us. I mean, let, let's face it, it wasn't the Quade Cooper which would go out and try and step four or five guys, or we joked how many how many sort of flick passes is he going to throw. This this was someone who's looks like a more centered and he looked just like a playmaker. He he made every right decision, made every sort of kick count. In the in the end, he looked more South African than the South Africans did. In terms <laughs> of, he was pinpoint with his kicks. He controlled the game. I think it was interesting. There was moments where you could see that that experience sh- like shown through as compared to having someone like Noah, who I think still was a bit hard done by, but anyway, he can get the experience um, coming through the system now. But there was a play, I think it was, I think it was that second or third penalty um, where, where Cooper puts the kick through. and it's, It seems like a nothing kick, but he sees the space behind the fullback, puts the kick through for Ikatao, who does incredible work to get over the ball and get the penalty. And uh, you've heard Rennie, Rennie speaking throughout the week. And he said, was that how reading the game and sort of processing that both on and off the field was something that the Lesio was missing. And it was something that when you look at plays like that, and you looked at how he controlled the game, even when we were sort of down at two separate stages to 14 men, controlled the clock, kicked, kicked the goals necessary you really saw that experience shine through. And honestly, it was it was incredible to see that, not only that, to see someone with his boot just build scoreboard pressure. Mm. And that was refreshing to see from an Australian point, point of view, something we called for last week. So it was all around just, it was incredible. And Cooper can take all the credit, well, not all the credit, but a lot of the credit for it. It was a great performance, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I think it's what you want you know um it was understated uh it was just so good it's like when you watch i don't know like godfather for the first time at the end the end of it you go that's a fucking great movie it's just quaid you look back and you go that was fucking great like you're right nathan right nathan he was you know he was keeping the south africans on their toes and it was great to see that from a wallabies attack you know he would run it flat and then, you know, he would run it straight into the line. There was that great moment where um, it was close to the try line, but he, you know, went right up the guts of him, you know, took the ball running. And then another time he saw it, like, uh, I think just at the end when he did that great kick that Bataille forced uh, the error off, uh, was it Andre Pollard or yeah, Lily yeah, LaRue yeah, or whatever? Yeah. You know, and then there was another time where he did a little chip kick right in the centre, right behind the line. You know, it was just great sort of eyes up. I'm just going to fucking do something that you won't expect that really kept South Africans on edge. And I think it's really understated that that really, really held the South Africans back. Because, you know, if you do the little chip over the back, you go, oh, shit, they might put someone there. So that might pull someone out of position. It's just great eyes up stuff. And I'd love to see, and this just gets a bit silly here, but I'd love to see what Squeech has to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's he doing? Well, no, we're, we're converts to Squidge. Yeah, um, I want to. I want to know what to think, Squidge. Squidge knows what he's what he's on about. You know, uh, touching on that point, Nathan, that you make, um, like it, that whole idea of just trust and confidence. It was like some suddenly everything clicked. Like all we've been we've been talking about that the the boys. You know, up until this point you got a sense that they didn't quite trust in themselves or believe in themselves. But suddenly it, you just put 
kind of that experienced playmaker in place. You've got obviously, and and suddenly it was just like we got this. Like like they had they had that calming presence, that head there, and then suddenly from the moment that that they were all calm, everyone started to step up. It was wonderful. Like it was that that seeing that that confidence and that depth that we know is there or we're seeing that 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 actual capability that we know is there but then actually brought put into into practice by this just simple thing of just believing in each other it was so fast it was wonderful to watch and the, the fact that they you know they kept that up through the entire game was just a wonderful sight to behold jack what were your thoughts on this match mate you would have been you would have been you know fist pumping come the end Oh yeah, I was up and about, had my shirt off, sweating, <laughs> getting real excited. Um, I think there'll be a lot of babies born nine months from now, called Quaid. <laughs> a lot I of Quaids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it, it, as as everyone's touched on, it just makes such a difference when you have just this mature, assured playmaker who's pulling the strings. I've said it for a while that you know it's all well and good, you know, blaming a, a rookie ten, but it's the it's the the senior players in the squad that need to step up and, and take the game by the, by the, by the horn sort of thing. And that's what Quade Cooper did. Um, and that's what we've been missing for a while. I think also as well, there is something to be said about having that 10 and 12 combination as well. You look mm. at Alessio, that comment, whenever he's been thrown into a Wallaby setup, that 12 has generally changed for him or it hasn't been, yeah. you know, an yeah. era Simone that he's used to having that, having someone like Karevi alongside him where he, Essentially, he played in defense. He played the bodyguard tech, tactic with him. He was on his hip, and yeah. it sort of used him perfectly. And to see that, and just not only see that confidence, but I think I think that also confidence is not only coming from Quaid, but it's coming. It's come from that France series as well. I think we now have a yeah. Wallabies team that, or just an Australian team that is confident when it comes down to those last three minutes that they can find a way to win. This, it's incredible what a difference it makes when you have that scrum with 30 seconds to go and you can have someone like Tupu and Kaitu, two long, long, long mates who've come through the system, dominate a scrum, Nick White win the penalty, and then have someone can step up and take it with the confidence of, no, we can still pull us off. This is still time. It's, it's, it's mm. incredible. So, so if, um, if James O'Connor is back uh, healthy and available next week, um, Which what, do you, is. What, do you, what do you guys think? Should Quaid keep his spot? Should O'Connor come on? What happens with Noel at least? Uh, no, yeah. Because I've seen even people shouting that, you know, Cooper should stay in 10 and then O'Connor at 15. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? I don't oh, that's re- a, that's I reckon. I reckon, right? We're not. Don't rock the boat. Don't throw him mm. in at fullback. Um, I think as good as Quaid played, I'm not sure we'd want to say, yeah, keep playing Quaid um, when James O'Connor is there, you know, thinking about the next World Cup. I don't want to yeah. throw him at fullback. Let's play Attire at fullback, you know, instead, or Callaway, you know, shuffle that around. I wouldn't want to go say, oh, shit, you know, we've got James O'Connor's great and Quaid's great, or Quaid just played a great game. We've got to fit him in. I, I think that would disrupt the rhythm, but I'm sure, you know... Uh, King Rennie. Mm. Has Quaid has Quaid earned <laughs> right as a man half number one though? Don't you I think? think after that game, I think you, you 
I mean, let's face it. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's probably won in the game. I think you have to give him this one. And I mean, yeah, let, I let's not that. forget. Let's not forget. James O'Connor's coming back from a groin injury that's kept him out for what a good three months. Yeah. Like he's going to be underdone. And when you look at a all of a sudden look at that team makeup, I think 15 is probably not the best option. But you bring someone on like him from the bench, someone who can cover not only cover fly half, can cover centre. And I say, even if we need a fullback, which as you, you've alluded to, we probably don't, given you just chuck Kelway Abatai back then, he all of a sudden becomes an upgraded version of Reese Hodge, minus the whole being mm. able to play in the wing. So I think <laughs> that's, that's your option. You, you put Quaid at 10, O'Connor off the bench, and then all of a sudden, for a bench which had, let's face it, mm. I think it was under 40 or 50 caps. Oh, sorry. No, with Slipper coming back last, um, last week, it would have been a bit more, but... For that Bledisloe, I know it was about 40 or 50 caps. So you, yeah. you get him back in there to come on for the last 15 minutes, hopefully ice out a game again. All of a sudden, it's a pretty dangerous-looking side. Yeah, well, I, I think you'd, I think you'd have to include O'Connor in some capacity. Additionally, what also gets me excited about him um, <clears throat> is that I think O'Connor is exhibiting similar traits that Cooper is, a sense of maturity that we saw it in the in the Super Rugby AU final um, when he just trust where he was it was just a complete trust that he could sort this out he could he could find a way for the Reds to win um, I feel like there's a that similar to to Cooper there is a, a there is a sense of maturity there that hasn't been there in previous times that he has played uh, you know for the Reds or for the Wallabies so there's a lot to like who'd have thought we have Options, but t- lots and lots of potential options at uh, yeah. at ten in that back line. There's and a lot of things to like. Just, just on his redemption, isn't that just so wholesome? I uh, remember when James O'Connor came back, and I think his first game yeah. was that the first Perth Test when you know Nick White beat the uh, All Blacks and Hooper got punched in the head by Scott Barrett that game. And he, at the end of the game, he was just like, "Oh, they interviewed him. He's like, how how are you?" And he taking his shoes off and his socks off. Um, and he just said, oh, it's just great to be back on the earth or something. I've just been He's walking awesome. around with my shoes off, you know, just taking it all in. I'm just so, oh, what is like? I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so blessed. And I'm like, oh, that's so wholesome. What a dude. You know, that's what I'm here for. And yeah. Wade, after the game, his interview, he was ice cold. Like he it's was, just, it's just yeah. footy, he just said. He's just yeah. footy. <laughs> and he was just like, thank you. He was just like, thank you, Sonny Bill Williams. Like, you turned my life around. And that's the most important thing. And apparently, you know, when he said, when he, you know, they were deciding who to take the kick, you know, is it him or Reese Hodge? Quaid said something like, I had to check my ego mm. and mm. see, you know, <laughs> does my ego want me to take this kick or do I believe he can do it? Oh, it's just oh, it's so wholesome. And then when he took the kick, he just turned around and kicked it through. Like, no. D-Rose, <laughs> it just calms you like. But th- that's been his attitude the whole time. And that's what that's something that's really um, stood out. With, I think it was the press conference he was at. It wasn't the one Friday after he was picked, but it was the one two week, I think the week beforehand when everyone thought he was going to get picked. And it was fascinating to listening to him talk about that. Yeah, you know, that period when he got sent back to Clubland and played for South. I think it was, what, three years ago? And he was talking about how going back there kind of reinvigorated not his love for the game, but his understanding of the game. He understood that why some players couldn't see it how he could, 
how this na- he, all these players weren't these natural game game breakers like he was. They were just people who were just playing for the fun of it. And all of a sudden, he started taking a lot more love out of coaching and sort of fi- helping these people out. I think mm. it really helped sort of develop his idea and this this mindset that there is life outside of rugby, which people mm. do lose. I know there's been a couple of I think Bob Bobby Valentini at the start of the year said the exact same thing. It's when he's found this other purpose outside of life, Bobby being the birth of his kid, it really helped him put perspective into a game and made him a better player. Which is it's always fascinating to hear. When you have these young guys coming through, you hope these players like O'Connor, um, Cooper, even Karevi coming back, even Sean McMahon, who's coming back to the squad this week. You can, they can help find that same thing and you can kind of take – these players can take that next step, which is really – it's honestly really exciting to see. Mm. Yeah, and I think this is, a, this is a good point to lead us on to to question two because uh, what excited us – what else, apart from, of course, the the incredible performance by Quade Cooper, what else excited us about that Wallabies performance? I kind of want to kick this off with a with a with some uh, kind of an interesting thought about this, which felt which is why this this result felt different to other results that we've had this year. Um, yes, we you know that that Bledisloe series was it was a rough ride for us, but generally speaking, this has been a, a really interesting year for the Wallabies so far. I mean, we won that French series, um, and maybe we weren't as keen on that French series when we won it. I know a couple of people called us out for being a little bit critical in that podcast still, even though we won it, uh, that series, because, you know, there was a lot of question marks about, you know, if it, the, the, the quality of, like, the the strength of that French side, if they'd sent a full-strength side, what's the – it's hard to get a gauge of where we were at, even though we won that series. This one, there is no doubt about that. That was an, a World Cup-winning Springbok side. They put out one of the strongest sides that they have – ever like it's a it's a side that that won that won a world cup and we beat them which which feels so incredible it's honestly amazing to look at um jack i'm gonna throw to you for this first for this for this kind of question apart from obviously it's hard to to deny how how great cooper was but what else excited you about that wallabies performance Oh, there was a lot to like, wasn't there? I think we touched on it that 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 combination with Quaid and uh, Karevi um, really worked well. Um, I thought Iki Tau outside him actually had you know an understated game. Yeah, great things. He was about, great. Yeah, um, Kellaway, I think he's you know bona fide Test player, and I thought the uh, the forwards really stood up against the Bok Pack. Um, yeah, it, it was just you know an all around uh, good game. I think. Um, what pleased me most was that we were able to, you know, sort of change our tactics. You could you could really see from, you know, playing the All Blacks to playing the Springboks, there was a huge shift in what we were trying to do and um, how we tried to, you know, combat the uh, the Springboks, um, you know, what what they were trying to do and, and be able to meet them up front, um, shut them down out wide. Um, we put in some clever kicks um sometimes we didn't but uh, you could see that the game plan that they were formulating really worked and you know i i I think i called for it last week where it was you know the box would just um play play conservative kick to the corners and and we can you know you know get over the top of them and it was really pleasing to see that they were able to yeah follow through on their game plan 
Yeah, it was. There was a real sense of just things clicking. Was was kind of I thought about that game plan. Um, that really that there was so much that just it, it felt like what Rennie had been striving for. Um, in terms of try, in terms of the strategy that he was going with to just kind of be a bit smarter around our around game plan. Just it finally just seemed to execute a bit more, which which was wonderful to see. I think it's probably in terms of. Rennie's tenure so far um, as coach, it's probably definitely like, actually no, it's definitely his his most important win so far. I reckon as as um, as as Wallaby's coach. Um, well, Nathan, I'm going to throw to you to you for this one because last week you mentioned a really great point about how um, you were a bit more optimistic. I, I got a sense going into this game. Correct me on this if if I'm wrong, because that unlike you know playing the All Blacks. Um, when we played against the bot, when we play against South Africa, despite the fact that they were that they're world number one, there isn't that scar, that 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 damaged perception or sense of invincibility when we go up against them. Um, do you think that played into a factor? I, I think to an extent. I think there was times, that, particularly during that All Black series, when they went down to say fourteen men. I think in two of those games. And there were stages where you just thought that Australia, instead of taking onus and saying, right, we're scoring points now, there was almost that hint of, wait, we can do this. We, we Oh, God, we can win this. And then there was mm. almost panic. Well, yeah. you, look at, you look at when Khaleesi goes off, it just seemed like there was, there was that growth and that switch, that turn that went, okay, this is our it's six, I think it was six all the time. This is our time to build pressure. This is where we need to get a result. Sure enough, mm. minute later, Cooper to Karevi to Callaway, seven points. Right. Yeah. To be able to see that growth, and sure, it might just be that against South Africa, we're more willing to just kind of throw the not throw the ball around, but be a lot more calm and patient and take what we see in front of us. But to see that growth and to see a team actually take advantage of those numbers and then build that scoreboard pressure, which we were saying last week was missing, and we've talked about already in this pod- podcast, was really comforting to see. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, there was there was a lot of – it just felt like, it, it, again, like just taking – it actually felt like, I think you, you, we, we've talked about how, you know, McDermott in, in previous podcast, you know, after – games and stuff he, he came out and he went yeah look we haven't been able to take the learnings that we want to talk that we've been talking about forever um and not actually like we feel like whenever we've gone out and played games we haven't applied that this time it felt like they actually did they actually took the learnings that they had and they actually just played and they didn't think about it too much nick what are your thoughts on this uh, on this performance who else kind of stood out to you in terms of specific players oh um i think everyone um Played a really good game, except for a couple. Um, I thought Karevi had a great game. We've already talked about him, but he was a magnet. Two or three men on top of him all the time. There was that great break he made that he uh, offloaded to Pete Sami that unfortunately didn't end uh, yeah. ideally. But he, he, he played a great game. Um, I think, you know, shout out to, to Angus Bell. Um, yeah, he played as well, didn't he? All props look big. But those South African props look twice as big as any other prop. And, you know, they are World Cup winning props, you know, and they're, uh, they're stacked. The, the, the South African forwards are stacked. To think that Marks doesn't start is insane. Yeah. Um, 
Um, in terms of the, and I think oh, Tate also, and Tate had another great game. Um, if you were to ask, you know, who do we play next? I want to, I want to see White start. I think Tate was good, but White, White took it to another level. Um, especially that fifty twenty two, that was just flawless execution. Heads, heads up, had a look, and nailed it. That was fucking amazing. I don't think though that Tate, Tate's quite there, but he had another great game. Nothing to take from him, really. Um, although, just in terms of, uh, you know, you you mentioned clicking it and nailing it. I think also Nathan's right on the whole composure. We didn't lose our marbles. And Khaleesi going off, it's kind of like, all oh, Springbok's like, shit, you know? How do we deal with this? We were sort of thoroughly beaten when their forwards came on. Obviously, it's hard to turn the tide. I think South Africa played a really poor game. But, yeah, but, you know, we didn't, you know, their forwards came on and made a difference. If it was like a 10 out of 10 performance, they wouldn't have touched us kind of thing um, at all. And they almost snuck the game doing, they just, what, they did one high kick in the corner and almost snuck the game. But look, it's still a pretty fucking good win. It was great. It was amazing. (laughs) Things look like Mm. they worked. There's still a lot to work on. That Karevi play, for example, I just mentioned Pete Sama went to nowhere. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, when they're hitting that sort of stuff, that's when we'll get really excited because that's been a mm. hole in the Wallabies play for ages, that um, that support and that heads-up play, which Quaid provided half of it. We just got to work on the other half. But that's what sort of excites me, that we can we know we can do this now. Um, mm. Yeah. And And we know what we have to work on. Yeah, look, I don't want to, you know, it kind of had an eerie feeling. I remember we, we, we talked about, I think it was the, um, the back in 2015, uh, we, we kind of, we won a game after the bell. It was, this was during, this was like early days of Cheka when, when we had that really fantastic run leading into the World Cup, um, when we won a game after the bell. Um, and it just started this kind of period of time when the Wallabies played a fantastic, you know, batch of games and won. I, I can't remember how many won they won on the trot, but it was probably the last time that we won a good six, seven, five or six or seven games on the trot because, and then that included a, a, the, a win against the All Blacks as well in Sydney. Um, it, it was just a sense of, it kind of felt eerily similar to me that there was a moment of, okay, something's clicking. This is clicking here. This what we're trying to actually do on the training park, and what we're actually trying to do, you know, is is, execu- is, is being translated into what we're executing on the field. And um, we'll get into you know whether they can they can back that up and do that again uh, for a second week a row, a second week in a row is one thing. But I think it, I hope that I really hope that the, that the players and the coaches as well take just so much from this because it showed that yeah, on when you are able to apply all that stuff. There's the makings of a fantastic team here. There's a really, really good Wallabies team here that has the potential to 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 do incredible things and win incredible games. And the fact that they, uh, uh, you know, there's been multiple instances this season where they've just found a way to win is really, really positive. It's a really great thing to see. Um, you know, I think I agree with with Natho that Ikitao was a, had a blinder. I thought he was outstanding. Um, I thought Matt Phillip, even though he did get sent to the bin, um, 
for the bit was a was a real nuisance in the line out for um as well which was which was fantastic it was uh, it was great to see um and that bench had made a fantastic impact um which which was really positive to see well to see as well i think you know there were had been some question marks about leota and and the the hooker whose name escapes me um Kaitu. Thank you, thank you. Um, but they played really well. They all they all really stood up and and cometh the hour cometh the man cometh the men rather. They all stood up and, and put in a great performance, which was really really positive to see. Um, but um, just just one yeah. thing, you know, another thing about performance. Well, let's just say performance, not Wallaby's performance. Let's talk about the ref. Um, mm. Look, he made a few weird calls, but his clarity. And him telling the TMO, look, let's just check all the angles. I've got a decision. Let's just check them. Hurry up. It was amazing and so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just – did they also just buy him a German mic as well? Uh, but he was just – the audio was great. It was the discretion as well. There was a couple of moments where you thought – I think it was the, there was this Swinton one where he dives in as I think – I can't remember who it was, one of the South Africans – took the ball like 10 centimetres, 10 centimetres off from the ground. And you thought, oh, goodness, all right, this is going to be yellow. We're going to be down. I think we're already down 14 at that stage. We actually, you know, I think it was just before the Fienger incident. So you thought, all right, we're God. But it kind of went through the system and went, actually, no, there's there's discretion here. There's this, he's falling, it's this, it's just the penalty. It was like in, in a, a day and age where referees treat the book as sort of black and white, just applying that little bit of grey just kind of made a better game. Yeah, it did, didn't it? It really did. So let's Luke Luke Pierce the ref. I actually it's it's I think it's it's good that you've brought this up, Nick. Um, because I feel like it's important, you know, in this in this day and age to uh, to you know give a fair go to the ref. And it's so easy for people to to uh, you know to to criticise a ref or to say that the ref was, you know, played an impact in this game or this game or that that aspect of the game. But I genuinely thought, obviously there was, I had a, a chat with a few folks after this on Twitter and I actually thought he did a really great job. I thought he did a really great job, you know, when he, his refereeing was reflective, I thought, of, of the dominance of the teams themselves and it complemented the game as well. I do agree that there was some, you know, if he calls about um, around the scrum specifically, but in kind of in in Pierce's defence, the scrum looked like one of the hardest parts of that game to ref because there were so many uh, things going on around that around what was happening in the scrum um, that you know, and the, the scrum has often been viewed, seen as kind of a grey area and a difficult thing to ref. And I think considering you know the 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 competitiveness that was actually happening at scrum time and the fact that the Wallabies were able to measure up, I thought that, you know, Pierce did, an, did a pretty decent job at, at refing it, um, all things considered. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Luke Pierce. Great, fantastic job with the whistle. He, um, the only two sort of issues I have, or three, kind of, and I'm not getting Razzie here. <laughs> One might have been, you know, the Matt, the, Matt Phillip, the Matt Phillip wall sack. I don't know. Well, you, even when oh, you go no, through, no, you that, grab I, the ball. No, that was, no, I disagree. That was the third. I think it was like the third or fourth warning he'd given us. It, there yeah, was, it was a, the there third. Was a it was the third penalty in a row. Yeah, it was a card coming. But he even said himself when he's going through, trying to, trying to see if it was a penalty try. Phillip's... 
Phillips he's... swam through his legal at this point, kind of stopped for three seconds and then went, all right, there's nothing more in that. So I think even he knew at that stage that there was it's probably yeah. not the right call. But, I mean, <laughs> look, you got to stick with it. And malls are such a cluster that you, you just got to make a decision as it goes. I, so I, I mean, the rugby report card was going off. The boy, Blake, uh, from the rugby report card was going off on Twitter. Just going, mate, these malls are shit, you know. There's, it's a totally no, but they're totally in the attacker's advantage. Like, there's how what can you do to stop them? There are so many things that you can't do. And Matt Phillip, like, <laughs> seemed to be doing everything right and still got it wrong. Um, the other two things, sorry, just the other two refereeing mistakes was <laughs> you're going full Rassy. Evan, he's got, he's got, even he's got the Chris Mike, and he's and he's and he's now so he's fucking the, low. It was like the scene from The Simpsons where. Rainier Wolfcastle is looking at his feet to see if his shoelaces were tied or not. Uh, when, um, what's his name, Swinton hit him and didn't wrap. Etzebeth mm-hmm. was like, he was his head was below his hips, you know. That was insane. I was just like, you know, okay, the penalty, it was fine, but that was a bit iffy. And at the end, the penalty didn't nick white. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't really clear to me, but... Before that, about a minute before that, Dwayne Vermeulen had walked through the ruck and had his hands on the ball, clearly slowing it down. Clearly. Is this the one Benny Benny Darwin Darwin pulled us up on this? Yeah. And he was just like, don't do that. Because he knew, because it was right in front of the six, he didn't want to blow the penalty that, you know, won the game. Mm. But anyway, great, great. Apart from that, sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, apart from that, <laughs> Oh God, it, there was a look. There was a lot to enjoy in that game. Let's let's call it at that. And you know, I think everyone, all things considered, apart from apart from the box, who many fans of who many you know Springbok supporters have said that that was a pretty average game at, for that from them. Um, you know, it was reflective. It was a reflective of the of a. Of a Good quality game, played in good spirit at least. But leading on from that point, um, let's get on to question three because while we have been, you know, talking, you know, talking, uh, you know, the fantastic performance that the boys put in, um, the question that we now ask is, can they back it up? Because uh, this weekend uh, we've got um, a game at Suncorp Stadium, uh, the box with the Mandela Challenge plate on the line as well. Um, which is and that's been held by South Africa for a couple of years now. I think um, we haven't. We've had we. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting game to keep to keep eyes on. Um, so where do we think? And I'll throw it to to Nick for you to, for this one first. Um, where do you think the we need to improve this weekend uh, to beat the box? If uh, and what should what do, what do you reckon our options available here? Well, I mentioned it before. I think we got to uh, capitalise on opportunities more. Yeah, we got uh, quite got eight out of eight, but we did lose three tries to one. Um, and there were many times that we did something great and didn't capitalise on it. When we play the All Blacks, we they fucking punish us for that. So we still need, like for me, that's a huge sign of progress if we can capitalise and on our line breaks and not fuck them up. Um, I think a case in point uh, was before, and I, I remember I said this to you guys last night, um, Quaid kicks it, really good kick. Jordan Pataya right, rushes up, 
uh, Precious Willy LaRue to throw it out. Great, great stuff we've just made about 30 metres. Then I think we have a line out, and we either lost the line out or conceded a penalty or something. Yeah, we conceded the penalty. Oh, no, we it's... lost the line out, then we conceded a penalty. And yeah, that all momentum will go on. Luckily, Springboks then tried them all and we, and we stopped it mm. um, and got back the momentum. But it's just stuff like that that you've got to work on. Um, the Springboks will come out, um, you know, just firing. You know, they'd be like hating themselves all week, come out, bash us up the park. So, yeah, I think, look, let's just play the same sort of game plan we are doing. Let's see how we go. Can we do it two weeks in a row? Um, we've already done the hard yards, I reckon. Um, we just got to see if we can do the basics right again. Not necessarily go for the win or be desperate to go for the win in that it becomes a blowout, let's say, but try to keep it nice and tight. Yeah, look, I think this match is going to be a very good indication of where the Springboks actually are. And I know that we're probably saying this before question four before we dive into that but um you know a lot there's they have kind of you know been you know living off that moniker of the of you know being the world number one ranked team and then they won the Lions series which is nothing to be sniffed at at all like they've you know they they have earned that 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 pedestal you know as world cup champions and as you know then winning that Lions series but you know can they back it up after the um after that performance um and you know there is no denying that that even despite the fact that they lost this game, they still have an incredibly talented team. And that squad uh, it was a very intimidating outfit when it was uh, when it was selected. Um, Jack, what are your thoughts on this? Do you reckon it is a case of just trying to do the same strategy again, or do you think that you know we need to really sort of change things up a bit and then you know I think we were you know we were touching on this a little bit whether it's the case of keeping Cooper in there bringing O'Connor in um what do you what do you think what's uh what's the best way to try and approach this yeah I think you've got to stay with the uh the settled side they they got the win so they get the reward by you know keeping their spot it'll be interesting to see uh what the Springboks come out with next week whether they change up their game plan or something like that um I thought, yeah, like our scrum, we, you know, BCF'd them a few times. Um, they did really well. I thought our line, like our our mall, mall defense was actually kind of pretty good, pretty tight. You know, there's, as, as Nick said, you just, there's not much you can do. But I thought, you know, we kept it together at most parts of the most parts of the game and, and kept them from going forward a fair few times. Um, the only other, the only thing that drove me crazy during that game was the amount of box kicking we were doing. I think against, against South Africa, it was so good in the air and, and so good at, you know, um, punishing you with kicks and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was just making me pull my hair out. That was frustrating. So <laughs> uh, I think a bit, bit better um, kick choices. Yeah. A few better, a few better um, decision-making. Um, but all in all, I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty confident next week. I think um, technically this game, like last, last, you know, last night's game was uh, their home game, um, and we beat them. So we've climbed the world rankings to number five now. Yeah, we uh, jumped two positions. Yeah, yeah we overtook so Argentina and France. Yeah. Yeah, and then so I think uh, Suncorp's a home game, so that, that's a really important game to to win, and that sets us up really nicely for the uh, the rest of the rugby championship. 
Yeah, look, this one I'm kind of a bit hesitant on. Like, one, because I, I don't like ever being trying to, like, I just hate getting cocky and then getting, you know, it's happened to me too many times that we, you've gotten cocky and then you've lost. Um, or just it's all gone to your head a little bit. Um, and as, and as, as great as it is that we are playing it uh, at um, at Suncorp and the, and the and the Wallabies have played very well at Suncorp, the ref's actually Yako Piper um, as well, which so a South African ref. So I'm going to be kind of keeping a close watch on that. No, no disrespect to Piper, but I mean it's no secret that you know there was a lot of question marks asked about the uh, the refereeing during that Lions series, and there's it was a, a real point of contention that was interesting um, to to examine. Um, interesting point that we that you're talking about on that kicking management side of things. Um, I feel like we really need to step up in terms of our uh, of how we counteract those South African box kicks. Um, I feel like while Banks had a better better game plan or a better performance, I still am not totally convinced about his his confidence under the high ball. Um, I think it'll improve. I think he's improving every week after week. Um, <laughs> apart from you know the the occasional blunder that you see around, uh, um, such as that we're not going to talk about that kick uh, in in Perth that he that he that he messed up. Um, but I do think that kind of our game management, both within counteracting the uh, the the Springboks rather box kick, um, but also in terms of our own box kicking and chasing as well. Um, they really showed us up in that in that space, and I think that you know as a result there uh, there wasn't as much I, I could tell when they scored that try they went to that because they knew that there was a real potential weakness point there, and that they then capitalised on. So I think that's a massive thing that we need to work on. Nathan, what are you what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's it's a case of, of coming back down and coming back with the same strategy again and seeing what they respond with, or? Um, or is it a case of just mostly dotting our I's and crossing our T's and just making sure that our game plan works more rather than changing things up? I think we've got to stay focused on our game plan. And um, thankfully, I just double-checked. Um, Matt Carley's the ref. Not, um, Piper's got the Argentinian game against New Zealand. Oh, so I'm, I must have. Thank God, oh, thank God for that. lied to me. <laughs> um, the thing with the South Africans is I looking at that performance – no way that was you can they will walk away and say look we gave the best we can we there was nothing we could improve on like they their goal kicking was very un south african in the sense that i think they they missed what three from or they made three from seven they seemed to expose us under the high ball and then went away from it as you've kind of alluded to before but i think we, the focus just still needs to stay on our game plan and not trying to sort of jump at shadows when they throw it, throw us something different, which I think we did very well last Sunday of just remaining composed and just relaxed, playing our own type of game. But, again, they're going to come out needing to make a statement. I mean, the week after, they're playing New Zealand in their Centurion game against the All Blacks. So they're, they're going to be hurting. They're going to be fired up, ready to go. So I think this is the game where I think we get a better idea of where the Wallabies are. Because, yeah, we, we, we can beat the, these type of teams once. We've shown it before. But I think there's been too many times, and this is a pessimist striking again, um, we come out the next week and get beat by 20 or 30. Yeah. And then any we take one step forward and it just feels like two steps back. Mm. We need to see that consistent performance. Because after this, it shapes up real nicely. I mean, you, yeah. take a, you take South Africa out and you have two games against Argentina. 
A game against Japan, which I think Rennie's basically all that confirmed will happen before we go to the spring tour. And then a loaded tour. Like, realistically, if we can get through South Africa and once again find a way to win, we can all of a sudden build a streak. Yeah. I know this is me speaking five steps ahead, but you would back, you'd back us to beat Argentina twice if we could find a way to beat South Africa. We can beat Japan. And then we go to a spring tour thinking, well, what's next? It's... This game yeah. is so crucial. Yeah, I think I think it is. Uh, it's going to shape up as much of as a critical game for uh, for us as much as the box. I think I definitely agree with you. There is, if we manage to pull off a win here, a second win, there is there is so much opportunity for the Wallabies to make up ground in terms of where they are, in terms of their own confidence, in terms of everything, everything, um, and. It's 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 exciting. It's a really exciting prospect, and additionally, it tackles that one thing that they are so they're struggling with consistently, and that is consistency. That is simple, honest consistency that you know that that has eluded them for the last you know for the last couple of years. I can't. I'm just look, pulling up the numbers here in terms of the actual last time that we had like a, a, a five, six, seven match winning streak. And I think the last time was um, the – let's have a look. Right it, would here. Have been a while. it would have been on a you know, grand slam or something. No, so it's, it's, it's typical of us to start thinking we can put a five or six game straight together after, after winning <laughs> I know, one. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> the last three pods we've been, <laughs> we've been just saying, God, what's our next be... step? We beat South Africa. Yeah. Get the win straight. Yeah. Start the count. Let's go. Yeah. 2017 there was a, about a seven match uh, period where we drew two games but we won five but then the only other time before that was 2015 world cup where we we had a one two three four five six seven match winning streak and then before that we lost one game which was uh the all blacks at eden park of course um but we we then won three games before that so in 2015 we played, uh, I think it was something like 12 test matches and we lost two, um, it, which is, when was the last time we did that? And remember and remember how much the public got behind the Wallabies when we made it to that World Cup final. Like, there's so much potential there. There's so much potential in terms of building team consistency, building that growth. Um, it just really show, depends on how we show up. Um can they do it? Of course they can. But, you know, there's obviously there's no discounting how strong that, that South African side is, but the potential is there, and that's exciting. Um, which... I, I, I kind of hope that we do go on this winning streak, you know, if possible. <laughs> the All Blacks will be quaking in their boots, um, scared of whatever, like Ju- July 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Quake comes back. It's another, it's another, it's another Hollywood moment. You, you got your you got your Hollywood moment this weekend, this week, Nick, and and then mm. next year they'll do it again. <laughs> um, I'm, like, let's... I'm excited about the spring tour, eh? It's going to be good, especially with that, you know, extra Japan game. I think they're talking about playing Ireland. Um, yeah, I'll definitely tune in for that. That'll be electric. Yeah, another another reason to get to to stay up late at night and watch uh, watch more rugby. It's the tough life to lead. Getting not getting starved at rugby this year. I was um, um just speaking of this fairy tale, actually, I was genuinely really excited on Friday. 
Really? Uh, it was, you know, because spring's in the air and you can feel the breeze and the smells <laughs> coming through. And I think it's Quaid was starting, like, honestly. And I texted my mate um, <laughs> at work, who also follows rugby. And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm the same. I can't wait. It's Quaid, you know, I just love him. <laughs> it sounds like, do you need to be left alone? You're going to need a moment after this. <laughs> warm, warm pro Quaid company. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's look, it's exciting times, and it's I'm cu- and I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic uh, that that because I mean after after those Argentinian games, there's we've got Scotland, we've got England, and we've got Wales. I'm pretty sure are the mm. spring tour games, and there's a great opportunity there to to, to really test ourselves. Um, you know, especially you know Scotland, we've really been struggling against them for the last couple of years. They've really come a long way. England, of course. I mean, we're on like a seven match losing streak. To them at the moment, and then and Wales, you know, they've really shown them. They've really shown, um, you know, that they can. They've been able to really find ways to beat us in the last couple of years. Um, after we had the, you know, the 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 cut of the green for them for so many. Um, so yeah, there's there's so much potential there for growth and continuation and and building of that confidence. Fingers crossed. Anyway, let's move on to question four. Um, because I feel like following this win, um, it's kind of thrown a spanner in the works of the question that everyone is asking, which is who is the best team in the world? Um, and I feel like it's such a ge- generic question to ask. Um, but we've been looking at the world rankings and, you know, I always kind of take the world rankings with a bit of a grain of salt a little bit, but I mean, there are some aspects to it that are, you know, are, are a valid way of looking at it. And, you know, while South Africa is currently still first and top five currently right now is South Africa, New Zealand, England, Ireland, Australia, um, somehow we're in we're in the top five again. Um, who do we think is the actual best team in the world right now? Honest to God, um, Nathan, I'll throw to you to throw to you for this one first. What are your thoughts? I've been saying for the past like five podcasts, and I'll say it again: New Zealand's the number one side in the world. I don't care if yeah, say South South Africa won the World Cup. Yes, we know what happened. We know who who lifted the trophy at the end, but. Um, let's go back to the first game in the World Cup. Who'd they get beat by? Oh, yeah, New Zealand. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to believe the number one team in the world is the, te- is the team that got beat by the, the number one team in the world at that time, New Zealand, but all, all of a sudden, because New Zealand had a bad game against England, they're all of a sudden the best team in the world? No, that's not how it works. Like, you look, <laughs> New Ze- you look at how New Zealand played Argentina. And you compare it, to, compare it to how South Africa played. Yes, South Africa blew them off the park. But my God, New Zealand could have put 50 on them. They, yeah. they looked incredible. And I, I know we have a little group chat. And shout out to Hamish Cole because he made, he made this point and it resonated so much. Watching, <laughs> watching New Zealand play Argentina and just absolutely bullying Argentina, who are one of the more physical sides in the world, gave me confidence that, hey, we could actually do this against South Africa because we looked somewhat decent against New Zealand. And it, <laughs> it's incredible to say, but we, let's face it, like our form coming out of those last two games wasn't ideal. Even our, even the players were admitting that as well. Yet we come up against the so-called number one ranked side and even the game where, let's face it, there's still still areas we can improve on and we touched on it. Like we won. So it's pretty obvious who's, to me who the number one team is. It's got to be New Zealand. But, you know, in true dropkick off um, fashion, <laughs> South Africa going to be in two weeks' time and I'm going to look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> I'm dying on this hill. New Zealand's the best team. Daylight second. 
<laughs> Jack, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think, uh, going off Nathos' point, that we can only really determine it once we have that that eventual clash between the two in uh, in Townsville, um, or do you think it's uh, is it a foregone conclusion already? I mean, we've all we've all been saying for a little while that we think that you know we still we personally think that New Zealand is the best team in the world, and I will say that while I w- was not convinced you know, by their performance, by their, you know, efforts under under Ian Foster. I would say that up until Bledisloe 2. Since Bledisloe 2, they have been playing probably the best rugby that they have, you know, under him, at least certainly under under Foster as coach since uh, since he got re-signed. And there is no denying that they were fantastic um, against Argentina um, on the weekend as well. And we haven't even talked about that game yet. Um, What are your thoughts on this question, Jack? Oh yeah, I don't know whose fan base is more insufferable. The All Blacks or the Springboks? <laughs> they're definitely the. Uh, Let's just make the assumption we're going to piss off somebody, no matter what. Definitely, definitely one and two in the world for most insufferable fans. I think that 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 clash against uh, yeah that 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 clash with the uh, the All Blacks against the Box is is going to be epic. That's going to be awesome. Wish wish I could go to it. That you know, and, and it'll be the hundredth test. That that'll, that'll be. A, crack a game but you know if you do the math Springboks were the number one ranked team and Wallabies beat them so we're the best team in the world <laughs> I knew, I knew right. someone was going to say it I knew someone was going to say it <laughs> That's just yeah, look, it's good enough That's... for boxing it should be good enough for rugby that makes us world cup champs as well yeah we're, yeah. we're, we're world cup champions now give yeah. Craig yeah. Bell world heavyweight champs World heavyweight champs, like may as well chuck in the Bledisloe as well. Um, don't 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 let don't let the, the folks across the ditch know. Yeah, mate, we got Randbird Shield. Yeah, <laughs> so we do have the trophy. I did see that through through Sam Phillips that we we now have the trophy as which essentially makes us the best team in the world. <laughs> sort of not really, but um, we literally keep the trophy that makes us the best team in the world. <laughs> But I mean, it's just that game. Those games are going to be great, by the way. I really yeah, hope they get a, they get a good crowd to both games. So it's going to be awesome. So excited! Yeah. What are, What are your thoughts, Nick? Do you reckon it's uh, it'll be decided come game time in Townsville, or I feel like this is just going to tra- transfer into like a prediction for that match? Because I mean, we're going to be hyping it for Um. Yeah. Well, my answer is got to wait until Townsville. Um. Yeah. I think it's a bit like South Africa at the moment haven't really played a lot lately. You know, New Zealand's had probably two interrupted seasons, I think. I don't know if they've stopped playing rugby during their outbreak now, but, you know, that's kind of different. It's been sort of business as usual for them. Um, so that might explain a bit of the difference now rather than a regular cycle. But I reckon, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait until Townsville. Yeah. Nathan's right. Probably agree with Nathan, you know, the All Blacks, are a class above um, and maintain that level as well. South Africans, like New Zealand, probably wouldn't, would never put in a performance like the Springboks did. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so I feel yeah. like they did, but it was just, it was that game, was it, I think game two, where we sort of had a shot. But then just that extra step, as you were talking about, that extra level where they can still have a bad game and go, all right, we can still close this out and just blow you out with a 10-minute performance. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Look, I do. I I kind of. It's I, I am a little bit wary um, about the box though because I mean we're, they'll be the first to admit that the, their performance on the weekend wasn't good and if they suddenly themselves are able to switch it around and play at the level that they that we know they're capable of, um, you know suddenly this conversation becomes very different um, in terms of you know who is number one in the world. But it's, it'll be one to watch. All roads lead to Townsville for that one on the twenty fifth. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, we'll move on to our final question of the evening, um, which is simple predictions for this weekend. Before that before that game in Townsville, we have uh, matches at Suncorp Stadium this weekend. Um, we've got the uh, same matches as, as the game ones played uh, on the Gold Coast this week. Argentina uh, will be playing against New Zealand. Um, and, of course, the Wallabies will be up against the box. Um, Jack, I'm going to throw to you to kick us off on the, on the predictions for this weekend. Uh what are your thoughts? Who's going to win what? Um, yeah, Ardies don't really have much of a chance against All Blacks, unfortunately. You saw uh, Desma um, talking today in the press conferences about you know the, all the challenges they face, and and it does it does it gets swept under the radar um, a lot because you know they the Ardies are happy to you know um, come here, you know quarantine, travel play who they can um and it's a credit to them because you know they're fierce competitors and they they just want to play rugby but yeah they haven't had a home game in over two years that's it's crazy to think um and you know um it was it was amazing to see them get that win over the all blacks this uh, last year um but i think they're too strong uh, the the all blacks i can't see them um yeah giving away anything like that again um they're really, it's pretty scary. They're really hitting their strides now, I think. Um, and then for for South Africa, Wallabies, go the Wallabies. Always got to back the boys. That's, yes. why, we watch, that's why we watch rugby. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle of optimism. It's a, <laughs> a roller coaster ride to be a Wallabies fan. But, you know, you got to grit it out for, you know, weekends like th- th- that just happened, you know. Everyone on Twitter saying, you know, <laughs> what a great game. And you can just feel the, uh, feel the, uh, you know, support behind us. So, you know, we've got to keep that up. We've got to build that momentum and, and carry it through for the rest of the year. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned Argentina. And we haven't really talked about the, the, them much in this podcast. Um, the fact that, you know, went down 39 zip. I, I was having a chat to, to Paul Tate um, you know, friend of the pod. Um, we've had him on a couple of times to talk about the Jaguares and and the Pumas right now. He's kind of our, our resident uh, coverer of all things America's rugby. And I asked him what the hell's going on with Argentina right now. Um, and he kind of made he kind of yeah, there is that off field stuff that you mentioned, but he also talked about how right now it seems like everyone has really figured out the Argentine game plan, and that there really needs to be a reconfiguration of it. Um, additionally, the, the, apparently, just in his eyes, the Pumas are kind of losing a lot of small battles in the contact area. And additionally, kind of how they're performing at the Ruck is playing a huge factor in just losing momentum in terms of their game plan. He also is, has some questions about the about some of the selections that Ledesma has been doing. And, you know, it's particularly against ever since that Romanian game where they got really nearly shown up by Romania Um during their tour in uh, in July, uh, there has been, you know, I have been a little bit worried about where the uh, 
the, the how the Argentinians are going. Um, even though they did manage that series win against Wales, um, a depleted Wales, but still, um, it is it is a I'm a little bit worried about about how the Pumas are going. Um, Nathan, I'm going to throw to you for this uh, for your predictions. Who do you think is going to win uh, these two games? Yeah, I'm going to stop short of last week's prediction of saying they got beat by they, they were going to get beat by 30, and even though they got beat by 40 this week. I think this is kind of the type of game where having all that we've mentioned and coming off a performance like that, that you get that spark from an Argentinian side. They seem like a team which when they, I wouldn't say embarrassed is a strong word, but they they were really outclassed during that game. I think it'll do a lot to galvanise them and sort of take it the second game up this week. So I'm not sure if that will have a little bit to do with it, but probably not. But I just, they still get, don't get me wrong, they still get beat. But I, I think it'll be closer. I'm saying only about a 10 to 15 point loss. As for the Wallabies, oh, God, I, this is the problem. You you put me on a pod like 24 hours afterwards and I get hope. And hope just, it, cloud, it clouds any <laughs> any sensible judgment. All, my head is telling me that, that Andre Pollard doesn't have a bad game like he did last um, last night. And he kick, probably kicks 20 for the Springboks to win by about eight. But you know what? Nah, this is the time. Well, Wellbies by five. The, the streak there to Sun, Suncorp. The fortress is coming and we're, we're going to be underpaid <laughs> for the rest of the year. Oh, jeez. Whoa. Oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That last whoa, one. Over-exaggeration. Last one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let, let, let's let's reel it in. I reel it in. We're, we're undefeated. Undefe- yeah, the boys. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, reel them out. Cast the net. Cast the nah, net. Well, <laughs> don't reel it I, in. I, Cast I, the net. <laughs> I kind of back this week. Tupai to start with Alatoa leaving camp. I think we have enough to just get get this trophy back. And I'll I'll, I'll keep with the five. We'll say Welby's by five. Yeah, fair, fair. And then last but certainly not least, Nick Hartman. What are your thoughts? Predictions. Um, uh, Argentina. Don't see them going anywhere. Um, I think yeah. You know what Nathan say? Beat by thirty, beat by forty. I reckon it'll be the same again. Um, not to nil this time. Uh, Wallabies. Oh look, I just think South Africa. They're a smart team. Um, they play smart footy. They didn't on the weekend. They usually do. I think they will come back. They've also, I think, Cheslin Colby's coming back. Um, and he's a world-class uh, winger. So I think that just adds so much to their game and especially their, you know, kick it high into the wing sort of approach. I Yeah, I think they'll probably pip us. But, you know, the most important thing is that I'm fucking looking forward to the game. It'll be great. Just, I hope we just don't drop our spaghetti. Yeah, I really hope we don't get, yeah, it, it, make a game of it. That's what I'd hope. Just really, really make a game of it. Even And I, and I hope Banks doesn't get picked. I want to see someone else there. Yeah. Look, I, <laughs> sorry, we haven't mentioned this yet, but also, <laughs> I was going to say, like, Hodge, we should play Hodge, but <laughs> given his fucking weird kick that he did at the end of the game... <laughs> Oh, no, that was... It was a weird kick, wasn't it? Although I love the thing that Jack shared on our chat about it. Um, Oh, yeah. It's like, actually, think about it again. He kicked it up, which meant that they spilt the ball, which means we've got a scrum. 
Yeah, which means, yeah, and then suddenly the it, was, it was just next level smart thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, those are my predictions. So you think Saffa, Saffa and takes... I'm stopping it this weekend, unlike certain Nathan. Yeah. Let it uh, run through the hope. Let it like seep into your blood, and you'll. If we record this on Friday, you'd be saying it's a world is my ten. But yeah, just, just wait till he's named at ten again. And <laughs> Mick, Sean McMahon comes back at eight. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Could happen. It's probably, look, it's probably not going to happen because I only just joined camp. But okay, mate, get the ball through the posts and Tonga and Thor sitting on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Oh, please don't. You're going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's look. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I definitely agree with the Ari uh, Pumas All Blacks. All Blacks are going to win that. I don't know. Like uh, I just are currently playing. Paying uh twelve dollars fifty to win, so I'm Jeez, please, <laughs> my God, uh, yeah, Never I don't know. Uh, like wall, wall, like Wallabies box, I genuinely don't know because I, as much as I do, you know, it's SunCorp and we play really well at SunCorp. I've just got a feeling that the box are going to lift. I've got a feeling the box are, are going to be pissed off and they're going to want to come out and make a statement. And, and I, it's like. It's, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Wallabies at Suncorp, Springboks. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know who to pick. I have no idea. Fuck it. Wallabies. Fuck it. <laughs> yes. Fuck it. Like, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat humble pie on this one, but I've been eating humble pie this entire pod. Um, <laughs> it's literally, a, we should probably rename it to eating humble pie. Because <laughs> yeah. just, just the, the, full, the full 90, just... We we started out being like, oh no, you know, if we come away with them, we'll be happy, and they're or we're making outrageous statements like we could we can win the rest of the year's games, go undefeated. <laughs> like, it's, what have it's, we, what have we become? <laughs> we just we ride with the emotion, and that's it. It's just very very report card of us. <laughs> Love it. All right, boys. Um, let's wrap it up. Uh, it's been a wholesome. It's been a wholesome edition of uh, of humble pie. Wholesome humble pie. Um, but uh, we have we'll have covered all of our questions, and uh, we're now looking forward to this next game against the Box and uh, the Wallabies, um, which will be at SunCorp this Saturday. Um, additionally, the uh, the Pumas will be playing against the All Blacks as well in another double header. Um, can't get much better than that. Um, thanks, boys, all for coming out tonight and chatting rugby. So good to talk about a fantastic Wallabies win. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, it's uh, fingers crossed that we'll be we'll be doing the same thing next week. Touch wood. Hopefully. Um, my name is Nick Sulia. Thanks for listening to the drop kick, kick, kick dropped kickoff, and we'll catch you next time round. Eric, see ya. Ah. <laughs> but what did go wrong? I'll have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? A bit of genius, a bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo, very good, very good. <laughs>